Now, it's the Columbia Check-In with Lieutenant Governor Pamela Evett on the Liz Callaway Show with Nick Summers on Talk 94.5. All right. Joining us right now, Lieutenant Governor Pamela Evett. Good morning. Good morning. I, didn't I say this legislative year was going to just get off and running? It, and boy, it has, hasn't it? <laughs> All right. Well, what what is what are some of your favorites that you're looking forward to? So I, I think the the bill that was going through last night, that was big. The gender affirming um, you know, one? Yep. Making sure. And as you saw, I mean, it went very late. Um, there was a lot of debate on it. It was strictly a party line bill. It, you know, I saw the board. Uh, I was already back home <laughs> when the actual vote came up. But, um, you know, I think it, making sure that we give parents, which I can't even understand why we debate this right? That schools cannot hide from parents, Mm -hmm. you know, what's happening when their kids are not with them. I I just, I I can't even understand why that's something that has to be talked about. Parents, nobody should, go ahead. I was just going to say, I always love when the other side said something like, why are we even doing this? Nobody, this is not even happening. Why are we making a law about this? I mean, what do you say about that? Well, that's not true because I've had parents literally in my office saying, wow. you know, my my daughter or is now being referred to by a completely different name at school. And it's the shock that parents find out about it from another parent. Wow. Because their kid's not telling them, but, uh, you know, but their, their child's friend goes home and tells their parent. And then that parent's telling a parent. I mean... Nothing should ever be kept from a parent. Uh, that is the whole idea mm-hmm. of having children. They're yours. Uh, you have to know what's going on in their life because you have to be equipped to help them with whatever is happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it's a very, I think if you could have gone back 20 years and asked each one of us the things that we're having to make laws yeah. about today, nobody would believe it. It is, uh, it's, it makes you feel like there is an entity out there that, is trying to do whatever it can to separate you and your values and your family values from your children. They want to corrupt your children and it's coming at every angle and we have to be one step ahead. And no matter how much you try and speak with your children uh, ahead of time, you know, in those formidable years and you hope they go into, you know, they go into automatic pilot with your voice in their head as they grow older. Um, it, there's such a, um, a, a an evil force that's out there that is trying to corrupt your child at every angle between social media and media in general and um, uh, and and teachers that have agenda that, that have an agenda to to convert society. Well, Liz, I, I mean, I, I don't disagree with all of that because I think I, I have these very weird questions. You know, I travel the state every week. Um, I try to be everywhere, and I try to hear what people's concerns are. And I'm worried that we have so hamstrung parents. Parents almost don't realize how much control they really have. Um, and so, you know, I have people ask me all the time, you know, how are we going to get these these phones out of our kids' hands? And at first, when that question got posed to me, and I know people that are listening are thinking, like, what? You almost want to go, well, you're the parent. <laughs> take it away. Yeah. 
take it away. Yeah. But and so that that's what I think. Like if you sit back and look at it, and you put that with what you just said, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Parents almost feel like they don't have the power to do that. What we have to do, I believe, as leaders, is re-empower our parents. Right? Get parents to understand, like you are the first teacher. You are their first teacher. And you have the power to take that phone away. You have the power to never buy them a phone. Mm -hmm. There is a hundred different applications out there where you can limit their screen time and, and take, take advantage of all that. And it's hard. And I get it because I, you know, I work, David works, we have kids. It's hard. You got to come home and you got to figure out how to program that stuff. And you got to be one step ahead of your kids. Well, you know, there's a Um, lot of schools that are think uh, that are uh, school districts that in certain areas are looking to ban them from schools. Um, A lot of people take issue with that and they're like, well, what if there's a school shooter, you know, um, and what if my kid needs to send me a message and, you know, they're in danger because I mean, honestly, I'm, I, I remember a time where I would go on my bike and my mother said, be home by 2 PM. And I'd ride my bike. And if I, if I was like, if it was like five minutes to two, I am like, rushing to get home because my mother would not know where I what where I was. They can call my friends, whatever. But then when my son was growing up and he said he went to go play football with his friends and he put his phone down and I tried to call him and I didn't get him, I'd be showing up at that football field and be like, why didn't you answer your phone? <laughs> so, I mean, it's like oh, I know. we're even addicted <laughs> to that instant connection with our kids because we worry about them and we don't, it's, it's not that we don't, um, we think they can't survive without a phone. It's almost like the parents can't survive without having that constant contact. So that's why a lot of parents are reluctant to say, you know, hey, there should be no phones in school. But honestly, it is a detriment and a distraction. And I think we have to look at it because what you said, uh, it, it is spot on. Like when I go into a meeting, I hand somebody my phone or I put it where I can't see it. Because if I see text coming through, which like all of us happen rapidly, you're losing content. I, you know, if if I turn away to look at my phone, I'm missing something that somebody's trying to tell me. Mm -hmm. Our kids are the same way. I mean, if they have their phone and they see it flashing and they're seeing uh, whatever's coming up on their phone or they're seeing you texting, that means they're missing their math lesson. It means they're missing their science lesson. and what we want, what we need for our kids to do, what is the most important thing is to raise them to be good adults. And that means they have to have a good education. You cannot have your phone in front of you and pay attention to what's happening. And, and we the, just have to give back to that. And the smartphones was really the end, the beginning of the end with the internet cell service and just 24-7 content. I mean, like when we were growing up, you know, we had cartoons on Saturday morning. That's it. And they were yeah. worried about the boob tube being the babysitter for latchkey latch kids. I mean, that's how we grew up. And now it's like 24-7 TV, you know, movies 24-7 and everything else, you know, the games and all that. So um, there's a lot of distractions for young people. Um, and um, a lot of it is just giving them bad ideas, too, which is, you know, the more exposure they have to all these ideas that we don't agree with the more battles you're going to even have at home uh, over ideals. Absolutely. And, and, you know, what, what people have to realize is for, you know, for the good that the internet brought us, right. Information at your fingertips, being able to, 
it brought us a lot of bad. I mean, that is a gateway and an open window for all kinds of bad actors to get into our homes, um, to get to our children. So, you know, when you talk about fentanyl, how many parents talk about how their children uh, get approached to buy drugs uh, from somebody that they don't really know through the internet, through those phones. So it is, you know, for for the good that it brought us, it brought us also a lot of bad. Mm -hmm. And so that's why parents have to be really involved um, when you when you give your child that cell phone. And now there was a new study. I'm sure you heard about it, too, that came out uh, from uh, the American Association of Pediatrics that basically said three and under should never have a cell phone in their hands, Mm. that they feel it's attributing to autism. They feel it's attributing to ADHD, uh, the dopamine that gets released at a very young age because of the rapid change changes. You know, things are flying past their their eyes so quickly um, that they're saying three and under should never have a phone in their hand. And then um, I can't remember exactly, but it should never be over. I thought it was 30 minutes or 40 minutes after three years old in a day. Mm. Uh, so. You know, there's a lot of research now coming out. Yeah, we should take uh, our own advice for ourselves, too. I know. I know. So if you know how hard it is for yourself, you know, you can imagine trying to enforce that with a screaming kid. <laughs> You're <But>. absolutely <laughs> right. But, but you know, but if it if it's, we're, we're seeing, it's telling us now. And I can remember, Liz, I mean, there wasn't, there wasn't cell phones when my kids were little, um, but there was Matchbox cars and it promoted their imagination and mm-hmm. it, they played with them just like a phone. I think it's, what do you get them used to? And, you know, kudos, kudos to those moms out there that are going, okay, let's buy some matchbox cars. Let's take a book. Let's get a doll, like, like giving them things that they can play with other yeah. than our cell phone. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Let's talk about another thing. We're speaking with Lieutenant Governor Pamela Evett. If you have any questions or comments on the Showtime Autoglass text line, 843 8255. I saw that nearly 11% of bridges across the Palmetto Palmetto State are rated, quote, structurally deficient. Um, And they got a C rating. South Carolina is 26th in the United States for the number of bridges. And we have 9,400 bridges. And um, it says here that uh, nearly all of them have gotten a C rating. Mediocre. What do you think about that? Yeah. Yes, that's terrible. But that is something the governor and I have been working on. You know, the governor asking for money last year in the budget, which it, it did go over to DOT. We are getting, uh, if you look at the our executive budget for this year, uh, SCDOT kind of put a comprehensive um, graph that talked about the ages of our bridges. And that's a big part of it. Our bridges have gotten older. Uh, we put a big emphasis, like I said, last year in the budget. A lot of money went to bridges uh, again this year. It really does affect commerce. So, you know, we have a very robust logging community uh, in South Carolina. A lot of their bridges are on weight restriction. Those, you know, and now with fuel prices, thank you to the Biden administration being as high as they are, that's a, it's a huge factor. So, Christy Hall has definitely put a, a lot of emphasis, I know, especially our secondary bridges, and they did make headway. They We are asking again this year for more money 
uh, to be completely focused on just so that we can get them all up to standard and we can stop these weight restrictions that are happening. I wanted to ask another question. Um, we have this problem in my neighborhood in the city of Myrtle Beach, and we kind of live in nearby. Um, so you probably have this problem, too, when you come stay here. <laughs> Coyotes. Big yeah. problem. I mean, I have ducked a coyote or two walking my dogs. Um, it's very, very dangerous. And right now I was reading about the coyotes. Um, they are on the rise. And not only that, this is breeding season. So there's a lot of territorial things going on uh, until the end of February. So has this come across your desk at all? People concerned about coyote attacks, especially with all of these apartment complexes and homes going up in this area? Yeah, you know, I haven't I haven't heard about coyotes. But what I have witnessed myself is foxes. Foxes live in a lot of the dunes mm -hmm. on Myrtle Beach because yeah. I asked about that. I, I was very shocked. Uh, I have a fox that walks across our dune all the time. And apparently they are everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And something you yeah, would think about. They're right indigenous. The Coyotes are not indigenous. And they are wreaking it, havoc in people's neighborhoods because they're snatching cats and they're attacking dogs. And so, I mean, I just wondering, you know. And see that that's the first time I've heard of that. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna dig into that. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to DNR and find out well, um, what we're doing if they've had a lot of complaints. And next Thursday, I'll let you know when I find out. All right. Well, I'll also let you know that there is an app or a website that you can go on, um, and I believe it's in Horry County that you can uh, document sightings of coyotes. So maybe you can get the analytics of that. I don't know how popular and well-known the, the website is, but anytime people post on next door coyote pictures of coyotes in their backyard or in their front door, um, I always post that link. Please report it um, because we have a real big problem and you're not allowed to shoot them <laughs> in the city of Myrtle Beach because of, you know, how populated we are. It's, you know, not allowed yeah. to do that. But if they're attacking, you know, it's a little scary. I mean, I bought a long taser, uh, just in case, but I mean, um, it's, I, I mean, we have to be very, um, I, I, I think with all the, they're the, searching for food and they're on the move because they, they are running out of woodlands. Absolutely. I mean, there is a lot of growth, so it does make sense. Anytime you have a lot of growth, you end up pushing kind of the wildlife um, out and about, and they're trying to find a new place to call home. But that is the first time I've heard of that. But I'll find out what DNR is doing and how many reports of that that they're getting. Okay. And maybe uh, if they have a plan. Yeah, I would I would like to know it. I'd like to, to get rid of them. <laughs> that would be a good plan. <laughs> um, all right. I was just, uh, um, just wanted to know if there's anything else that you want to bring to our attention. Yes, everybody. Um, I will be in Manchester, New Hampshire, um, at the rally for President Trump, uh, supporting him on Saturday. So I hope everybody tunes in and gives some support and hear what President Trump has to say about his plans for uh, taking back the White House uh, next year and turning around the direction that Biden's failed policies have put this nation in. So uh, everybody tune in and hear what President Trump has to say. All right. And also, um, you know, the South Carolina primary is coming uh, to this area next month in a couple of weeks. So do um, do you know of any plans of Trump coming to this area at all just yet? 
Well, Trump loves South Carolina, and so he will be in. Uh, there haven't been dates yet. Uh, you know how this works. It's like we, were, we focus on Iowa, and now we're focused on New Hampshire. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody's creating dates around that. But I am sure with his love of South Carolina, he will be here to thank everybody for their support. He's doing very well here. He's got a huge following, and so it, that doesn't go unnoticed by him. So, so I'm excited. Always a, always a lot of buzz when he comes into our state. So maybe, you know, his scheduler um, can be reminded that Liz Calloway has always supported him, interviewed him before he ran in 2015, has supported him throughout. He joined me again <laughs> after he announced and came down the escalator. And uh, I've seen him at multiple rallies, have pictures with him. I would just love to get five minutes. Um, quick phone call when he's in the state of South Carolina so he can thank so, me for all the support we've given him. Um, and <laughs> So we need to get you a press pass. Is that what you're telling me? Something. We need to get Liz Calloway a press pass. Something, because I have gone to bat for this man because I love this country and if we don't get to him reelected we are duh, we're in gonna have really rough waters I mean we're already you know drowning over here but I mean well, what I, yeah what we need to remind everybody about Liz is that this is kind of a, a unique primary it's going to be on the 24th which is a Saturday yeah and that's very different from anything mm-hmm. we've ever done and so it it, it is I thought it was a us. misprint Actually, I've I never know. heard of a Saturday. Everybody thought it was a misprint, and that's that's what I'm worried about. So everywhere we talk, everywhere where we speak, I have been telling everybody the primary is on a Saturday. That isn't wrong. So make sure you remember it's you know it's February 24th. It's a Saturday. We all have to get out. Mm-hmm. You know the the best way to stop shenanigans is to have huge turnouts. Yeah. And so right. we have to get everybody passionate about taking control of our nation again. Okay, absolutely. So if you just, you know, you know my cell phone number, maybe pass a little note to the the guy uh, in charge or the lady in charge of scheduling. Love to have him on there. Um, I don't know if he'd remember me. It's been a long time. But <laughs> you're, you're I've, I've been very steadfast. memorable. <laughs> and, steadfast. and of course, he remembers Nick. I'm sure Nick tried to like play a, a kiss song for him at some point when he was on the radio. Didn't you, Nick? Uh, yeah. OK. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, actually, no, that was pr- my pre Nick years, my pre Nick years. So, oh, uh, yeah. life before Nick. Yeah. Life. I didn't even think that existed, Nick. I'm so sorry. I didn't think there was a life before you. Well, hence now there is life with Nick because life before Nick sucked. Yes, that's true. That's, that's right. True. That's right. All right, Lieutenant well, Governor. Guys, it was great talking to you, and I'm so happy to hear about the weather getting warmer because I'm telling you, yesterday was so cold. Mm. I just thought, you know, the legislature forgot to pay the heat bill here in South Carolina because <laughs> it was terrible. Yeah. So. I'm looking forward to warm weather, Nick. Keep saying it. If you will it, it will happen. <laughs> 70s next week. That's what they say. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank All you right, so guys. much. Talk to you Have next a time. great week. You too. All right. Take care.